It's time for another episode of Dynasty Oasis Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Newts and Josh Adkins. And welcome to the Dynasty Oasis Podcast. As the British lady just told you, my name is Matthew Newts at Nasty Newts on Twitter. With me tonight, as always, is Joshua Adkins at Dynasty Oasis on Twitter. What's up, Josh? Not much, not much. It's a good Thursday night, except for the uh, football games filled with... uh, a bunch of replacement players here. It's kind of an unfortunate turn of events that uh, both these teams got kind of hit with COVID. In fact, a few teams around the league uh, got hit with COVID, but we press on and um, just kind of a disappointment here uh, leading into this game. Yeah, it looked like this game was kind of in doubt a few days ago. So at least happy it's getting in just for our fantasy purposes that we don't have to worry about lineup decisions dangling overhead till a Tuesday or something. I don't want too many more repeats. Uh, what was that week three, week four, where we had that uncertain Bills Titans Tuesday night game? So that kind of stuff is uh, hopefully in the past. Yep, absolutely. And really, the most disappointing thing was uh, I was so excited to watch Brandon Ayuk on an island game here. Um, obviously, won't get the opportunity to do that. But uh, I did want to real quick mention, I, I think he's a really interesting buy. They've got uh, an actual bye week here in a couple weeks. Uh, but the playoff schedule for this team is really interesting. And I think with the Mullins uh, deal and the Kittle deal, um, real quick, their, their final four games this year are Washington, Dallas, Arizona, and Seattle. Um, kind of a, uh, uh, a cush little schedule there at the end of the year. And, and if if this COVID slash uh, San Francisco, um, I don't know what's instability maybe is the right word, um, is something that lingers, I would go make some offers for Brandon Ayuk. How do you feel about this offense as we kind of just move forward? They've been able to kind of survive some of this, these crazy roster turnover a lot better than you would think. So um, I'm not ready to downgrade the guys that still matter significantly because I think I trust the system. I trust Shanahan and I think Mullins is capable enough. I'm not like panicking about Ayuk. I still think he's extremely talented. Um, If I'm a contender um, and I was counting on Ayuk in my lineup, maybe I'd, I'd try to get myself at least another comparable option just in case things do go south. But as far as Ayuk's long-term value, I'm, I'm not concerned at all. All right. Well, I think we should just move on to game previews then. Uh, Or actually, real quick before we do, why don't we give a quick preview of the show? So we're going to go through game previews here. Every game, kind of the one big dynasty thing you need to be looking for. Um, We're going to do our game draft, uh, our toughest lineup decision of the week. And then our segment on the second half is going to be seller mentality and and five players that both me and Newts are looking to sell here in dynasty. Um, So that's kind of a quick preview of the show. Why don't we dive right into it, Newts? Uh, Our first game here is Broncos at Falcons. What's your one big thing to watch from a dynasty perspective? Yeah, I was going to kind of preview that later segment, the sell uh, segment with this game, because it's both teams have one of my least favorite running backs in fantasy guys that we've been harping on you guys to sell, sell, sell Uh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. I think uh, now's the time to get out on both of them. Don't delay uh, sell because um, I'm not so bullish on Brian Hill. Um, that's not why I'm selling Gurley. I'm selling <laughs> Gurley just because he sucks. But I am very bullish on uh, Philip Lindsay, so that's why I'm for sure selling Melvin Gordon. Um, and also just because I don't think Melvin Gordon's that good anymore. But I'm a huge Philip Lindsay fan. So, and I think uh, barring uh, his health status, I believe he's questionable for this game. I think he goes off in this one. Interesting. Well, that maybe also previews our toughest lineup decision because I might pit one of your favorite players in Philip Lindsay against somebody else you kind of like. So um, my one big thing here is Jerry Judy, uh, you know, got the 10 targets last week, um, but kind of a tough matchup. They were in comeback mode. Um, you know, it was great to see him get that extra volume. Uh, let's see him cash in on it a little bit this week in a, in a softer matchup on a quick surface, kind of back in his home area. I I like this matchup for Jerry Judy, um, and I need him in a couple spots, so I'm, I'm excited to see him play. Uh, moving on to Seahawks at Bills, I'll take the first one here. Um, I'm just excited to watch this DK Metcalf versus Trey White matchup. Um, Trey White's one of the, the two or three best corners in the league, and I know 
you know, kind of DK's breakout was that matchup against Stephon Gilmore on, I believe it was Sunday night football, but either way, um, where he just bullied Gilmore. Um, this is going to be another heavyweight bout between DK and Trey White. And uh, aside from, you know, you're not sitting DK Metcalf by any means, but um, just from a football fan, I can't wait to watch this matchup. That was my note uh, as well, my biggest thing. Uh, it's been kind of a, a back and forth between Lockett and Metcalf having the big days. It was DK last week, Lockett the week before, so the pendulum could maybe swing back to Lockett in this game. But like you said, you, you got to start either one of them if you roster them. Mm-hmm. I think they're both must starts, and, and you know it's the wide receiver position. There's going to be some down weeks, unfortunately, because they can't uh, depend on their self for volume like running backs can. Do you think we see a Josh Allen bounce back this week against one of the worst secondaries in football? I sure hope so, because he was super, super, super impressive to me the first yeah. few games of the year, and then he's kind of regressed to what we saw last year. So I'd like to see him kind of get his swag back and kick some ass in this game. And do you think it's a 50-50 split here in the Buffalo backfield? I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning until we see otherwise, but I do like Moss a little bit better, as you mentioned last week, because of the touchdowns. Is that fair to say? I think this is going to continue to be a 50-50 split the rest of the year with Moss at the touchdown upside. So, yep. yeah, I, I still prefer Moss, but it's carries between the 20s, if you will, I think, go both ways. Okay, cool. Uh, Baltimore at Indianapolis, kind of a, a, a heavyweight battle here, a slugfest, if you will. Uh, what's your one big thing? I think it's going to be a running back, and I'll probably take the other side. Sure. Uh, yeah, another matchup with for Jonathan Taylor against the rookie running back from this class. Uh, he had an extremely disappointing outing last week. I don't think things are going to get much better here. But uh, if Taylor did have a big day, that would, you know, be really illuminating, I guess, and maybe kind of give a lot of people a lot more hope. But I think uh, some more tough times for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So it's it's very hard to you. Know, you did a great job in the last show of pointing out. Um, both that, you know, Jonathan Taylor kind of, you know, might've been using this injury as an excuse and that Frank Reich said he didn't even know about it until after the game. Um, I watched the last four games of Jonathan Taylor today, just kind of in preparation for this podcast. Cause I didn't watch the last, uh, you had the Detroit game last week, so I didn't see that game. Um, and I just wanted to go back and look at, at kind of what I saw. If he wasn't hurt, it was in his head mentally because, to me, he did one of two things last week, and that was run directly towards the boundary or it was run straight ahead right at the hole and never he never tried to cut or change direction. And going back two or three games, um, you know, he missed a few holes. There were some cutbacks that were there, and he didn't take them. But he's not afraid to cut. He's He puts his foot in the ground and explodes out of cuts, you know, at a pretty consistent rate. So <clears throat> to see last week's game and to see him – you know, basically not even try to cut to just run boundary to, you know, uh, or, you know, straight ahead. Um, I think this is, you know, it's an awfully tough matchup, but if, if he is healthy and he is active, um, I don't quite know how you get away from starting him. I think you, you got to keep riding one more week. Fair enough. And, uh, I think you were expecting me to take JK Dobbins. I would, uh, it would appear cause you, you continued on Taylor. So I will talk about Dobbins for a second. Sure. He had a fantastic game last week. Uh, I think we're all hoping for a continuation of that, but it is a tough matchup again. The Colts, uh, you don't think of the Colts typically as one of the best defenses in the NFL throughout their history, but I think, um, we need to start considering them to be one of the best defenses in the league. One of the tougher stream stream opponent opponents if you will for your matchup so if you uh if you're feeling really tempted to throw Dobbins into your lineup now after a big week last week I would maybe kind of hold off on that for now unless you just don't have really any other comparable choices yeah I guess I sort of feel the same way but I I want to use them because I feel like the explosive play is there despite, yes, it's a very difficult matchup. This Colts defense is for real. Um, On to Texans-Jaguars, probably the least interesting game of the week. Uh, Jake Luton going to get his first start. Uh, To say on either side here to kick it off. Well, I don't think we're going to have Minshew in this game, um, like you said. But uh, Will Fuller was a guy everyone was expecting to be traded. He stays put. I think that actually is uh, a good thing for him and his value for this year. 
So um, as a Will Fuller owner, I'm, I guess, happy about it, even though it would have been really interesting to see him in Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't want to uh, fire too many Will Fuller bullets because I'll be firing one possibly later in the show. Um, so I'll go with the uh, wide receivers on the Jacksonville side. Um, obviously, like you said, it's a new quarterback. Um, you know, LaVisca Chenault feels like the guy that they can manufacture offense to. DJ Chark feels more like the guy that's the downfield threat. Um, could we sort of see a changing in the guard here with Jake Luton under center? Uh, I think it's an interesting thing to watch for. Uh, Panthers at Chiefs is our next game. Why don't you kick us off here? Well, our, the return of the the beautiful Christian McCaffrey, I'm, I, I'm a big investor in him. I've got him on damn near all my dynasty teams or damn near all my teams that I expected to be good this year so uh, I've been treading water in a big way without him um, still in contention in all the the leagues I roster him and I just need him back in a big way and I I hope he just comes out and looks like the CMC of last year absolutely and and uh, I'll go over to the other side of the ball um, I could talk about the Kansas City running backs but I just I don't think that there's anything I can tell you that's going to either make you feel good or or give you some insight as to how this is going to break down. So I'll just say that it's it's kind of a difficult matchup for Travis Kelsey. Um, I've, I've shared my affection for Jeremy Chin on this show, but I think he'll also see a fair amount of Shaq Thompson. And, you know, you did a good job of highlighting last week that, that Kelsey is sort of that lone difference maker at tight end right now. Um, so you're certainly not sitting him down or anything. I just think it's going to be a, an interesting matchup to watch. Um, Chicago at Tennessee is our next matchup. Um, I'll start this one off. I like uh, Darnell Mooney an awful lot here. Uh, this Tennessee team is having a, a hard time generating pass rush, um, and I think Mooney hits at least one big play here uh, in this game. Um, the Tennessee secondary gets bolstered by Desmond King at the trade deadline. By the way, we didn't really mention that. Um, almost nobody went anywhere at the trade deadline. Isaiah Ford's your kind of lone trade deal. So, um, yeah, he... Uh, he he'll he'll be you know joining them Desmond King that is but uh, Tennessee is going to be without him this week so um, I like Darnell Mooney a lot how about you trade deadlines always fun I'm a big baseball fan so I always enjoy the the days where you get the flurry of transactions and a lot of stuff to think about and talk about so unfortunately for us we we didn't have some juicy nuggets to discuss but uh, I think it was kind of somewhat expected even though unwanted that there wouldn't be a lot of moves made because uh covid stuff and teams basically Mm -hmm. losing a week of that player that they just acquired and i don't know i just think it it wasn't a shock but also disappointed at the same time um as far as the game in question goes i I think nick Foles is actually a decent streamer in this game Mm -hmm. because the titans defense has been pretty pretty abysmal uh against the pass as of late. And like you said, I do like Darnell Mooney as well. And, you know, we, we all love Allen Robinson. So I think Foles might get some stuff done in this game, but for the most part, all the the interesting players that I like uh, are on the Titans side of the ball, tough matchups for Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill, Johnu Smith, I think maybe has the toughest matchup with mm-hmm. Bayard probably covering him a lot. So um, maybe a tough day for Johnu, but I think the, the typical Titans you would be starting are, are still startable. Well, yeah, and, and how does uh, Chicago treat the two wide receivers for Tennessee? Um, does some of the coverage start swinging Corey Davis's uh, direction now that he's got 20 targets the last two weeks? Uh, surely they've seen that game film as we have. Um, Giants at Washington. Um, this is a game I, I want to talk about Terry McLaurin real quick. I think he's one of the best buy targets in Dynasty. Um, he's certainly not a buy low. Nobody, I don't think anybody's like disappointed with the season Terry McLaurin's given you. Um, but it's not been sort of the crazy production I think a lot of people were hoping for. And uh, he has a really soft, I'm not going to read all nine matchups off the rest of the season here. Uh, but let's just say he has a really soft uh, eight-game stretch here um, the rest of the way. The NFC East, obviously, is pretty much a sieve. Um, and he gets matchups with Cincinnati, Detroit. Um, Seattle uh, does have a matchup against Pittsburgh, but all in all, I think he's a guy that is still ascending. He has not hit his peak. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to go by him any week. He does not have, you know, big points. For sure. And a great story that, uh, he was just named captain of the, the team in his second year. So, uh, I, 
believe that was due to someone going on IR. I can't remember who that was, but their team unanim- unanimously named him uh, a captain of the team. So they love uh, Terry McLaurin there, and I, I think both of us do as well. Yeah, good uh, for role. me, I guess I'm kind of looking at uh, Darius Slayton again in this game. Uh, he's starting to look pretty good to me i mean i've been a fan from preseason on there was mm-hmm. kind of a dip there where this offense just wasn't working at all but it seems like danny danny dimes is getting a little bit of confidence back so i think slayton might be a buy target as well yeah and that'll be next week's episode that's exactly what i was gonna say it wouldn't shock me if darius slayton ended up as one of my five buy candidates for next week um on to the hometown game here detroit at minnesota um where do you want to start on this one well, the return of uh, two Vikings legends, uh, AP and Everson Griffin, to Minnesota, but that's not really interesting. Uh, for me, uh, is Jefferson Thielen, um, can they both be sustainable, especially when the Vikings are trying to force Dalvin Cook down the throat of the defense? So I'm hoping to see a game where it, both of them, at least one of them, can be fantasy relevant. Uh, I hope this offense doesn't turn super conservative just at the hopes of Zimmer and the like trying to keep their job. So please pass the ball. Don't turn into the most boring offense in the NFL when you have such talented wide receivers. No, I totally agree. And um, on the Detroit side, I think it's important to point out here that Matt Stafford, um, it sounds like was in close contact with someone who has COVID. He's on the COVID list right now. Uh, They're non-committal as to whether or not he'd play. And that's obviously going to impact a lot of their skill position players. Um, But kind of regardless, and this is not a guy who made my, uh, sell candidate list today, but I just kind of wanted to talk about um, TJ Hawkinson, despite the breakout kind of happening, seems to just, I don't know, he just has a very Heath Miller feel to me right now, where it's just like, you know, there's going to be catches and he can get open and he's a good NFL tight end. Um, I'm just starting to wonder how big the upside is uh, long term. He's carrying a ton of value right now. Um, I'm just sort of wondering if, if at least kicking the tires on on exploring, uh, moving him, maybe trying to move up the tight end totem pole or, you know, take a step back and pick up some assets on the side. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I think it's kind of a good exercise to um, constantly be monitoring the other team's rosters in your league. Because if you're not paying attention, like you may miss some obvious fits. Like there might just be an obvious trade out there that you're not seeing. Like mm-hmm. there's a situation, you know, you could move from Hawkinson up to Mark Andrews pretty easily if, you know, you earned a piece that they could really use. So just be monitoring other teams' injury situations and everything because you may stumble across a trade that really helps you that you might not have thought about otherwise. Absolutely. Uh, so that was our last noon game. Moving on to the three o'clock slate. It's uh, Raiders at Chargers is our first matchup. Why don't you kick us off here? Well, uh, probably Justin Herbert again. He's uh, I'm going to preview my toughest lineup decision of the week with him. <laughs> uh, he's one of my options for that. So, uh, yeah, he's been phenomenal. Um, it should be a pretty pretty easy matchup for him to, to feed his guys again. So I think Herbert's... Uh, star continues to rise in this game so yeah i'm I'm just excited to watch him i I have so much fun watching him throw the ball he's just got such a beautiful deep ball um super fun to watch so i'm more just kind of watching it just for entertainment purposes i don't think there's really any actionable advice on it i wouldn't sell him if you were lucky enough to draft him but I, i now is not really the time to go by with the hype going out of control how do you think this changes Austin Eckler's, uh, the, the Herbert ascension, I mean? How does that change Austin Eckler's long-term value? Because that's a guy I've been thinking about more and more is like, you know, they do have a pretty Atlanta, uh, Las Vegas again uh, right at the end of the season. I mean, they kind of have another soft schedule, a guy that maybe is worth targeting if you're a contender, or or do you think Eckler isn't long for this league? Um, I liked Eckler a lot pre-injury and last year. Um, yeah, I could see that as a target for a contender. Um, I'm not sure how this offense, uh, how much it's changed. I I think their previous quarterbacks were more likely to check down a lot more than Herbert, Mm -hmm. but even the good quarterbacks need to check down some. So I think Eckler is an interesting target. I, I do know when he's expected back. Uh, it's not for a few weeks le- uh, yet. I think about week 12, week 13 is kind of when 
based on the, the looking I did that I expected him to kind of come back. So it's a few weeks yet. Um, but that's why I think he's still very gettable for a very good price right now. Um, and just with how good Herbert's played, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking out loud and wondering if he's not a target, maybe, uh, as a guy who, you know, this year I kind of thought was just a one year play and let's see what we get out of it. Um, Herbert could make him viable for a little bit longer as the pass catching back in this offense. And just something that kind of came to me today while we were, while I was prepping for this, uh, Dolphins at Cardinals is our next game. Um, I'll start it off here. Uh, Miles Gaskin out. Uh, it sounds like he's going on IR with a PCL or MCL strain. Um, additionally, Matt Breida is uh, questionable for this game. They did trade for DeAndre Washington, but as we noted, the COVID uh, rules won't let him play. Uh, so it looks like Jordan Howard is going to be the starting running back here. Uh, and yeah, that makes me a little bit nervous for Tua in, in this start here, but uh, I did see a funny nugget that this will be the first game in NFL history where number one at quarterback plays against the number one at quarterback. Oh, wow. Uh, that can't be true. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of thought it was odd too. It was on one of the big networks though. So uh, I guess I'll take it as gospel. Um, you know, so Tua's first, you know, second start getting his feet wet here um, out without his running backs. I think he's going to be asked to throw a little bit here. And can Mike Gusecki and some of the other pieces there kind of pick him up and, and, and help him out? Because Gaskin and this running game is really hobbled right now. For sure. And, uh, yeah, Tua versus Kyler is super fun. Um, Tua is not going to be able to just be the, the boring game manager in this game if the Dolphins mm-hmm. want to win. Kyler Murray in the Arizona offense is uh, – coming off a bye, but they were starting to roll a little bit pre-bye. And uh, I know the Dolphins' defense is playing well, but I think Tua's going to have to do some stuff to keep his team in the game. So hopefully he gets unleashed a little bit more, and hopefully he's comfortable um, trying to do so against a Cardinals defense that is pretty beatable. Yeah, I just before we leave this, I just also wanted to say um, Christian Kirk's developed as a viable option the last couple weeks. This is a much more difficult matchup. I think it would be really big for his value uh, for him to come through in some of these uh, more difficult matchups. I think Dallas and Seattle were the last two matchups you got. And uh, I think, you know, I started him everywhere. But um, this is not an easy matchup. Brian Flores and this Dolphins defense is playing well. So uh, let's see Christian Kirk have a good game. I think that's good advice uh, before we move on. Uh, it's easy to get really excited about a big day against a soft defense, but I think those undeniable performances against a tough matchup are the things we really want to mm-hmm. you know, see from young developing players when they, they have a big day in a, in a game no one was really comfortable starting them. That's when you start to get really excited for someone. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we can see some of that this week because there are a lot of young, interesting players with tough matchups, so we might get a, a true break breakout game somewhere yeah it'd be great to see uh Steelers at Cowboys is our next matchup it sounds like we don't know the Dallas starter yet it's going to be either uh Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush I believe is the two guys they've got in and, and McCarthy hasn't uh you know really uh hammered one down yet uh where do you want to start with this matchup Oh, man, I'd rather take a time machine and watch this game in week one or next year when Dak's back because this could have been such a fun game. Uh, I'm sure CBS is really bummed because they pegged this as their Tony Romo game, and unfortunately we just get probably what's going to be a blowout. So that's good for James Conner owners. I think this is uh, a big day for him. Um, I was uh, pretty not a fan of him, but he's grown on me some. I thought he's looked pretty good so far this year, and he hasn't really dealt with any injuries. And that was my main concern is he just seemed fragile to me. But this is a game where I could easily see 150 yards and two, two, two or even three scores. So love James Conner in this one. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll dovetail off that a little bit. I think I, – and you didn't, you didn't predict game script at all and just said you think you know he's going to be successful because of the – uh, the defense he's playing. I think there are a lot of people that are worried about these Pittsburgh wide receivers. Oh, well, what if it's 35 to nothing at halftime? You know, they're not going to be throwing in the set. Well, if it's 35 to nothing at halftime, my guess is two or, the, or three of those Pittsburgh receivers have, have given you something pretty yeah, significant. Yeah, someone had to score those 35 yes, points. Exactly. So um, I just wanted to say start your Pittsburgh wide receivers. I think this week the pecking order for me is – 
Claypool, Johnson, Juju. I, I talked a little bit about, I think Deontay's maybe the guy who's going to have the bigger weeks in the, in the soft matchups where Juju against Baltimore or, you know, some of these tougher matchups is probably the guy to go to. Um, so, yeah, just, just a, a, a meta thing there. And then, you know, you talked about Connor. Um, I'll just say uh, he's getting all the work right now, but I like Anthony McFarland a lot. I think the, they do too. Um, there was he only got one handoff last week and it was kind of funny he made a guy miss really really badly and then he just kind of fell over on his own um, and he never got a touch again after that but he did make the guy miss so it's like if you can just stay stay on balance my guess is he'd gotten a few more touches through that game but um, while I'm not predicting game script or telling you to go start Anthony McFarlane if this game does fall the wrong way or start going uh, snowballing in Pittsburgh direction. I think we'll see some of Anthony McFarlane, and I think that's worth watching because uh, he's a prospect I do like. And on to Saints-Buccaneers. This is the Sunday night football game, probably the, the best game of the weekend. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. What's uh, kind of your one big thing to watch here uh, from a dynasty perspective, Newts? Definitely my most uh, looking forward to game here. Uh, yeah. I, I could talk about Antonio Brown, but I, I want to save him for later. So we'll uh, we'll talk about Michael Thomas, hopefully returning. This is getting really annoying, uh, but I think this is finally the time we see him back. So <laughs> let's hope that he's back because I'm sick of this whole looks like he's going to play and then all of a sudden is not going to play. So please just play and look good so we can move on with our lives. Yeah, that's what I had for New Orleans, too. Both of these receivers are going to be back. Um, I'm less optimistic about Chris Godwin, especially with, like you said, AB uh, coming into this matchup here. I, I kind of believe they're going to sit Godwin down again for one more week. But um, obviously, if you find out early, you know, Schefter tweets out Sunday morning that, um, you know, Godwin will be active tonight. Um, I guess it's hard for me to get away from from starting him, but uh, I am a little nervous about whether or not he plays. Um, it'll be fun to see when we get all three of these Tampa Bay receivers uh, together what that looks like. Uh, on to the Monday night football game. Kind of a disappointing game, uh, to be real honest with you. I, I, I'll leave Damian Harris either for you or I'll talk about him later tonight. Um, I'll, I'll talk about LaMichael Pirine a little bit. He's He's been kind of interesting to me. I mean, Relative to how bad this team is overall, I think Michael P. Ryan is actually one of the guys that you can point to and go, okay, maybe that's something, you know, a little something. You know, Quinton Williams has done some good things. They, they've got a few pieces, but um, I've been impressed a little bit with Michael P. Ryan. I don't think he's a 300 touchback or some top, you know, 15 running back at some point, but um, just as a guy that could be a part of a committee, committee and interesting to, uh, to dynasty managers over the next couple of years. I, I think he can be that. How about you here? I do like Damian Harris, and I think this is a really good matchup for him. But I, I also kind of want to stay on the Jets side here mm-hmm. uh, and preview our next week's uh, buy segment players that we're kind of targeting for buys. This is a team full of a lot of them, believe it or not, because we all expect Trevor Lawrence to be their quarterback mm-hmm. next year. So it makes a lot of a lot of players on their offense a lot more interesting, um, obviously. So preview next week, you might see uh, Denzel Mims or Jamison Crowder and Michael Pirine, who you just talked about. Some of these guys might be on some of our lists next week. Absolutely. No, I like that. Uh, I like that point. Um, all right. So on to our game draft. You got the luxury of drafting Tua's first start last week. So you had the 101 last week. So I get to go first. Um, and I'm really torn here. Um I'm taking Seattle at Buffalo. Uh, I thought maybe I was going to go against my numbering, but I think that's the game that I'm most excited to watch. So, Yeah, pretty obvious number one there for me. That's what I would have definitely taken. Um, I'm going to watch Tua's second game, I guess, and go Dolphins-Cardinals. Um, that was the one Tua I was versus Kyler. That's Yeah, yeah that's going to be a really fun one. And then uh, I will also take uh, – the team that I tend to take pretty much every week, Panthers at Chiefs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's back. Uh, Panthers are one of my favorite teams to watch for whatever reason this year. So I'm going to go Panthers and uh, Chiefs because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good one to watch. I'll take Baltimore Indy. Um, I want to watch Dobbins and, and Taylor here. I think uh, I think that's a game where we can learn a lot about, about these teams right now. It's two tough defenses. Um, 
who can come out and, and get something done here. It's going to be interesting, and I, I, I'll take that as the number four pick. Um, yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I would have taken that, but I kind of wanted to leave you, Jonathan Taylor, in, in, in that game specifically because I kind of more wanted your take on it than I wanted my own take on it, if that makes any sense. Perfect. Well, I will knock her out of the park then. On to our toughest lineup decision here. Uh, Newts, do you want to lead off or do you want me to? Mine's pretty simple, but I think it might lead to uh, a bit of a conversation. So uh, unless yours doesn't uh, go that route, why don't, yeah, actually, why don't you lead off? Okay. Well, so I'm just going to pitch you against two of your, two of your favorite players, uh, Philip Lindsay, who I sort of alluded to earlier at Atlanta, uh, or Zach Moss, kind of your bay from this rookie draft at, or, uh, burst Seattle, excuse me. All right. Um, I guess it's going to be a little bit dependent on, on Lindsay's, uh, status, but I do expect him to play, uh, Zach Moss. I was really, uh, trying to get in a lot of leagues preseason, but I like Lindsay quite a bit more as a talent. So I'm going to go Philip Lindsay. All right. Well, what do you and, got uh, for me? For me yeah, yeah for me, uh, two quarterbacks, uh, in an 18 team league, kind of crazy. I got both these guys in an 18 team league, uh, Kyler Murray versus Miami or Justin Herbert versus the Raiders. Oh my gosh. I should probably well, trade. one. Of them. I was going to say, first off, you should be, uh, you should be moving one of these guys, Kyler Murray against the dolphins or man, I'm going Justin Herbert. The matchup's better. He's been just as good over the last, you know, four or five weeks. It's not like Kyler has this huge body of work that makes him the more consistent or reliable option. Yeah, give me Justin Herbert against the uh, the Raiders. He's at home. Yeah, give me Justin well, Herbert. Let me ask you another question. You're in a okay. dynasty league, and you have these same two players. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say it's not a super flex. You, you, right. you, you're probably going to want to shop one of them. Which one do you shop? I think it's Kyler because his value is higher. I also think it's Kyler because he's more dependent on his legs for – uh, fantasy points over the, the length of his career. Um, the highs may be higher with Kyler, but I think I would rather, man, that's crazy to say, considering where I had these guys earlier this year. <sighs> but we can't be too tied to the past, you know? When no, things I know. are obvious to the eye, we got to be able to adjust radically, and I think we need to adjust radically for Herbert. That's kind of why I wanted to put this one in there. No, it's, I, yeah. I've started Herbert once all year in this league and now it's like well i left all these freaking points on the bench i could have easily traded kyler for a lot and i still probably can and i think i need to make something happen this week yeah no i like it i am going herbert and and uh that's both for this week and yeah for dynasty purposes especially um in a super flex league i think you probably wouldn't be picking between these guys or selling them but if you're if you're actually asking which one i'd have higher yeah i think it's herbert at this point and i know that's probably uh, blasphemous to say, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, uh, don't at me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, sell candidates before we just get into our lists. Uh, I think we kind of wanted to have a bit of a conversation about, um, how you manage your, your assets in season when, when things aren't looking like you got a chance to win the league or where you kind of try to look for those signs. When, at what point do you become a seller at what point do you become a buyer? And I, I guess for me, I just hate finishing in the middle. So I, I'm I'm really trying to evaluate my team and and trying to figure it out early as possible. Yeah, no, that exactly what you said about finishing in in the middle. That's the worst thing you can possibly do is finish, you know, the first team out of the playoffs or the first uh, the last team that doesn't get in the playoffs and. Uh, you know, you'd like to be on one one or the other end, polar opposite. Either you're making money or you're uh, you're getting a top draft pick for next year. I think you know it's important to to know your rules or know your you know format. For example, I'm in a lot of FFPC leagues. Um, in those instances, you're actually playing your way to the number one pick. So tanking in those leagues looks a little bit different because you still need to have a roster together at the end of the season. Uh, that can that can win its way to the 101. Um, you know, you can be for or against that as as a rule in your league. That's not how we run our our contract league, Newts. Um, but it is important to know your rules in terms of uh, when the time to sell and and when the time to buy would be. Um, it's nice in those leagues that I can kind of just keep pressing forward 
with my foot on the gas a little bit because um, it's a little bit of the inverse factor where if you're the second to last or, the, you know, one of the last teams that doesn't make the playoffs, you probably have a real good shot at that 101. Um, so it kind of keeps things competitive. On that note, Josh, I think we should really just have a kind of an etiquette conversation too, because yeah, taking, I think it can be valid in certain forms and just completely garbage in other forms. You're never starting open roster spots. You know, if you got a valid team, you need to start all your, you need to start in your mind, your best possible lineup, regardless of what you want to happen. You you can want to lose and still think about your lineup where it should be if you were trying to win. I think that's only fair. Um, you're if you're the commissioner of your leagues, you need to have some some rules in place for this. Um, I kind of like the the one thing a lot of my dynasty leagues do does is um, gives the 101 to projected points. So if Ooh. you're just setting bad lineups, um, you're still getting punished for your bench going nuts or whatever. Um, I don't it's got some flaws, but I like it better than just the worst record. Um, and that way, if a team overachieves and finishes in the middle when their roster should have been, you know, pretty bad, it doesn't punish them for being better than they should have been also. Um, mm-hmm. But yet, never sit, never sit freaking, you know, Kyler Murray on the bench if he's your only quarterback or something, for lack of a better example. That kind of stuff, I think, is BS and, and at least have some, you know, common decency with how you tank. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and I, I think, you know, just to kind of get back to the main point here of how to know if it's time to sell, um, use everything at your disposal. If your league has victory points, obviously that's a great way to gauge um, just your total points. Uh, look at some of your schedules coming up. Um, I know in a couple of my leagues, I've, I've already looked ahead. I've got a very soft schedule in terms of my opponents each week. And, and um, in those leagues, despite maybe not having a stellar record, um, I may become a, a, a team that looks to buy as opposed to sell just based on that strength of schedule. So um, be factoring those things in. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to say before we dive into our lists here um, is we're going to give you a list of five players each that we think you should be selling. But ultimately, when you're trying to sell a player, I think it's very important um, to take the other team's consider, you know, team into consideration. Um, there's nothing, you know, more off-putting to me than, you know, when I'm absolutely loaded in wide receiver. And you could tell a person took almost no uh, care in sending that. They sent this offer out to everybody, and it's easy to just hit decline. But um, when I'm looking to sell a player or to buy a player, I'm looking to I'm looking at the team more than the individual player. Um, and I guess I think you'll get a lot more accomplished if that's the way you think about things as you go into trades as opposed to, I want to buy this specific guy or I want to sell this specific guy and trying to ram them down people's throats. Oh, for sure. And if you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole like that, you're going to, you're going to end up getting some bad trades or you're going to have like a 99% decline rate. So I always start by looking at the team I'm trading with. If, if I'm, if I see a piece I want, I'll look at their team, see if there's a fit. If not, I'll pivot on to something else. But, but yeah, I mean, like your team, the contract league, we're recently in trade negotiations when it looked like I may be a seller. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up pulling off a a Rob Gronkowski Monday night miracle to, to bring myself back up to 500. And now with Christian McCaffrey back, I might pivot to a buyer, but but yeah, I'm looking at your team and thinking about how do I get my, my first round pick back from you? Cause you own my, my first round draft pick and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm looking at your team like well you, you don't need a receiver you're pretty stacked there so what do you need you need a you could upgrade a quarterback yeah. i have aaron Rodgers. your quarterbacks are matt ryan and baker mayfield or who do you have still drew at quarterback Brees. i can't drew Brees. drew Brees. so i'm like okay rogers is an upgrade for you I, I felt like you know gronk might be an upgrade for you i know we both like daryl henderson so okay henderson might be interesting to you is that mm-hmm. enough for me to get my pick back and you know whatever so look at both sides of the trade you got to make sure it helps the other person if right. you got seven running backs that are better than the guy you're offering them what's the point you're wasting their time because I know I get super excited when I get that email or notification, like trade offer, I'm like, oh, sweet. And then I look at the trade and, and if it's a complete letdown like that, it's just like, God, I never wanted to go negotiate with this guy again. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and 
you know, I, I think whenever you're offering out players, you, you want to shoot for the, you know, for the ceiling in terms of what you can get back. But make sure whatever you're offering actually helps the other person. It's okay to ask for a lot back so long as you're giving them somebody that that helps them. If they have Patrick Mahomes in your Kyler Murray example, uh, that 18 team league, if they have Patrick Mahomes, they're probably not all that interested in paying you much for Kyler Murray. So move on to a different team. Find the, the three or four teams that match up. You're going to have a lot more success. You're going to be more efficient with your time. Uh, I think let's dive into our list, Newts. Uh, did you do this five to one, one to five? How did you do it? I I got them in order, but it's not really like the order. It's not really in a meaningful order. It was just kind of the order things came to me. So I can okay. bounce around or whatever if we match on something. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's what I was gonna say. If we, if I say an aim that you have already, let's let's kind of discuss them together. Um, so I'll start with my number five here. Um, it's a guy I alluded to early in the show, and uh, it's kind of based on you know a specific this week type of uh, momentum that's possibly building, and it's it's Damian Harris. Um, you know, he's a he's still a very young player. He's a 23 year old back. Uh, you know, probably not a guy that fits the prototypical sell mode if you're if you're trying to sell here in dynasty but um he's a patriots running back and i think that's the part that scares me the most uh additionally despite his good play the last four weeks i mean he's got 49 carries uh the last four weeks he's averaging about 70 yards a game he's been legitimately good but at the end of the day he's caught two balls in that time for 26 yards i don't see them really expanding that role um, and, you know, there's enough teams that are desperate for running back uh, that, you know, I think you could you could get out. And considering he is a Patriots running back, uh, I, I think I'd like to get out now. Unfortunately, uh, I bought the Sony hype, which led me to the Damian Harris hype, which now led me to, you know, wanting to get out completely of, of the New England business. And, you know, I'm certainly not the first, you know, fantasy manager who's been caught up in the New England backfield. But uh that's my number five. I think with this this Giants or I'm sorry, this Jets game on Monday night, um, if he scores two touchdowns, I'm going to make offers uh, or I'm going to go send out offers in all my leagues to, like I said, three or four teams that you know Nick Chubb's on their roster, Saquon Barkley's on their roster, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, uh, any number of the backs that are out hurt, and I'm sending an offer to them um, to try to get Harris off my team. Um, just real quick, I wrote down a couple names in terms of um, what you could get back. I think, you know, the easy just value uh, valuation of him, I guess, would be, I think he, if you gave Damian Harrison a second, I think you should be able to get a first round pick back. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, uh, but that's kind of the, you know, the boilerplate move that I'd be making. Um, but just, you know, sort of, I kind of wanted to ask you the question. Do you think you could pull one of those Rams running backs uh, with Damian Harris if he had, you know, a real strong game here on Monday night, which is kind of what I'm predicting. Well, I don't think you'll get Daryl Henderson from me, but well, I think yeah. you could target a Cam Akers. I, I think that might be a, a interesting offer. Um, I actually thought about uh, him next week for my buy list, but I, I kind of thought twice about it just because of how much I like Henderson. But yeah, um, maybe you could get a Henderson from someone. Um, I just think you would have to add something else in there, but it could be a good starting point. And the one last one that I wrote down is could, you know, again, these, these are, these are, we're in a selling mode. We're not having a good season. That's sort of the mindset we're taking here. We're trying to rebuild. Um, usually you're looking to get picks back, but let me ask if you had an extra first round pick next year already, uh, would you give up that first round pick in Damian Harris to get Deandre Swift or JK Dobbins? You'd pay that. I think, I think I would. Um, okay. Yeah, I definitely would. Um, I think I prefer Swift of the two, but yeah. yes. Okay. Right on. Well, that's all I had for Damian Harris. I'm assuming he, he didn't make your list. So who is, you know, the first name you want to go with? Let's call it number five. Yeah, for most of mine, I tried to think of guys that I, I do have shares of. Um, mm -hmm. This one, I kind of cheated. I just kind of wanted to hammer home a point I've been driving for weeks and i know you've been driving for weeks is i threw Gurley and melvin gordon in this list together because they're very similar to me mm -hmm. i i sold my Gurley shares two years ago i sold my gordon shares probably a year ago um but yeah i i try to get out you know when when the getting out's good and i think we're past that point with these two but i, I still think you can recoup something for them from somebody um 
I, I think they're about to be sunk cost though. So I think now you just need to get what you can for them. So I, I, I don't like to start out with a kind of, you know, sell a guy when is uh, time's almost done the bargain sale or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're three and six or whatever right now, and you yeah, have one you, of these guys on your team, there's no reason for them to be on your team. Yeah, Take you, a you, third round pick. If that's all you can get. If that's the best you can do. Yeah. I think, I think you're shooting for a second optimally. Um, but you're right. I would, if, if assuming you're not contending that uh, I'd be looking to get, get out and get out fast. Um, Good, good call on both of those guys. I uh, I felt like I had ragged on uh, for sure girly enough where I didn't need to add him to this list. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I've been saying trade girly. Um, so uh, I'll move on to my number four. It's uh, it's Evan Ingram, uh, a guy that I've also not really hidden behind the fact that I don't think he's as good as everybody seems to think he is. Um, he's 26 years old. The Giants did pick up his... Uh, his fifth-year option going into 2021, so he'll be with the Giants next year. Um, and boy, I don't know if that's a that's really a good thing. Um, but you know, people still believe in the athleticism. The athleticism still, you know, carries value in the community. And tight end is very, very thin right now. Um, so despite the fact that Ingram really hasn't, you know, been ultra productive, I still think you can get modestly good value for him. Um, I just had written down for a couple prices. Could you uh, find somebody with one of the Pittsburgh Steeler wide receivers who was willing to trade him straight up for Ingram? Um, could you go add like a second to Ingram and go get one of those? Uh, maybe not Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb, but could you get T. Higgins or Jerry Judy or Ayuk? Um, Daryl Henderson's a guy that came up a few different times. Um, these are some offers that I'd be looking into making. Um, I think if you're just looking to get out for a draft pick, I, I think the price is a first round pick. Um, but I don't know. You might have a hard time getting that. So you may have to be a little bit more creative. I tend to agree. I think uh, I'd be hard pressed to pay in a one for him. Um, you know, you'd have to have kind of a ready made team that just lost Kittle or something. And it's, you're hoping it's pick 112. But yeah, um, definitely good advice to try and get creative because. It's not always as simple as an apple for an orange. Sometimes you need to throw a few grapes and a cherry in there <laughs> on each side. So <laughs> I like excuse that. my weird analogy. But um, for me, my number four is a guy that I'm kind of taking a similar tack to that I, I used to take with Josh Gordon. I would kind of buy Josh Gordon for for pennies when he just got arrested for the 93rd time or whatever. <laughs> And just stash him. And then when it looks like he's about to come back, I'd sell for a pretty big profit. I didn't really actually want anything to do with Josh Gordon, but I know people were going to keep reliving 2013 or whenever he had that good season. And there was always this rush to market for Josh Gordon. And you could, I'd see some crazy, insane trades. And I'm doing the same thing with Antonio Brown. Yep. I picked him up in several leagues um, in the offseason when his value was kaput, and now he's about to be back with Tom Brady, and people are excited about it. I'm seeing screenshots on Twitter of some just insane trades for for Antonio Brown. I saw someone trade Calvin Ridley straight up for Antonio Brown in the Dynasty League. It's like, you got to be kidding me, guys. But there's going to be someone in your league that's – that foolish. And I, I don't like to take advantage of people with trades, but I'm definitely, I, I have Antonio Brown in three leagues and I don't expect him to be on my team on any of those teams past the deadline. I'm trying to move him because it's a very combustible situation. Not to mention if this is a dynasty league, he's 32 years old. Yeah. It's not, I mean, people are going to overpay for Antonio Brown. I almost guarantee it. Unless you're in a league with a bunch of sharps, there's going to be a sucker in the room and I don't want to be the guy that targets the sucker, but now I think he can kind of target a sucker with Antonio Brown. Cause someone's going to bite and he may be a league winner this year. He may click with Tom Brady and be great this year, but this isn't going to last. If you're not a contender, I think this is the perfect kind of move to make to get yourself back some assets to contend quicker than you otherwise would have. Nope. I think that one makes a ton of sense. I didn't have him on my list, but uh, I'm in full agreement with you. He probably was an honorable mention for me. Um, I'll move on to my number three. Uh, it's a guy that uh, we, we, we've we had a few conversations about in the past. Um, it's Will Fuller. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned already on the show that, that, you know, him staying in Houston was a good thing. And I totally agree for this season. And that's 
the big reason I think you can find somebody who will buy because he is locked in as the number one receiver there. Um, I think it would be smart to get out on him before he gets hurt. But ultimately, if he stays healthy this year, um, he's going to finish as a top 15, top 18 receiver. Uh, PPR standard doesn't really matter. Um, but he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Houston feels like a full rebuild, like they need to really sort of recycle and reset this whole thing. Um, so I don't think he's back. And I have a hard time believing um, a high percentage of the other 31 teams are going to look at him as a number one the way Houston has. Um, so despite the fact that, you know, I feel like he's um, probably out exceeded my expectations of him uh, in terms of a, a, an NFL career, um, I think the trend line is heading down. And because he still has so much viability this year, I'd be looking to get out if I'm not contending. He's a really interesting one to me. I'm I'm almost on the other side with him, but I could make a case on both sides, really. And it all depends on your situation. Um, if I had lost last week in your league, I'd be making Will Fuller offers to other people. But if I was 6-2 and two right now and, and yeah. I need some help at receiver, he's a guy I'm targeting because I like what's going on there. I think he's a buy for contenders. But, yeah, if you're not a true contender, I think – Definitely. Um, now is probably the highest point his value has been and probably a good chance it's the highest point it will ever be. So I kind of like your train of thought, even though I do like the player more than others. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in tentative agreement with you, even though I, I would buy him in certain situations. Well, and then, but that's that's kind of why I liked him the most for this list is because I think if you make Will Fuller offers out there, you're going to get some traction. There's people who are going to look at it and go, man, that's a five-point boost to my lineup this week. Um, and so if, if the five-point boost is not is not going to help me co- go from eighth or ninth in the league up to third or fourth, uh, yeah, I'm jettisoning him as, as fast as I can. I just don't like the long-term prognosis. So I'm with you. I think he has a big uh, big close to 2020. Um, but, yeah, just just don't know that anybody else invests in him the way Houston did. Give us Very- your number three. Very fair points there, uh, Joshua. My number three is a guy that might surprise you, might surprise others, but I'm I'm throwing Lamar Jackson in, especially hmm. if you're in a super flex league. I, I just don't think you're ever going to get back to the high point of last year with him. And I think it it's going to be a long – I'm looking at this more from a long-term asset. I think you can make this deal if you're a contender, almost more so um, you got to get a quarterback back in return if it's a super flex league, but – I'd send an offer Lamar Jackson for Joe Burrow for Justin Herbert and throw in a piece. You never know. I, I would try and capitalize on, on the big name value. People saw him win a lot of leagues last year and they're going to want that rushing production, but in a dynasty league that scares me a little bit. So I'm trying to get out right now and get a big return. Yeah. Joe Burrow can be my quarterback one in super flex for the next legitimately 12 to 15 years. And I know we've seen guys who've looked as good as him fail or leave early like Andrew Luck did. Um, It can happen. Anything can happen. But there's just such a longer runway there for Burrow. And I I think you can get extra on top, frankly. I think if you go... Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. But I I wasn't sure because I don't play in a lot of super flex leagues. Um, So I I haven't seen a lot of these trades, um, how the quarterbacks get valued. But I feel like you could get Burrow in a piece or something similar. So if that's the case, I would absolutely be doing something like that if I'm the Lamar Jackson person. I like that a lot. Um, Moving on to my number two, um, it's Kenny Galladay. Um, This is another kind of contract issue here. Uh, Another unrestricted free agent in 2021. Um, Even if we give him you know, the credit of, oh, he's signed a new contract and is in Detroit. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Stafford's long-term, uh, both, you know, future there as well as just his viability as a quarterback. I think he's 36 or 35, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous here on Kenny Galladay. Um, but again, if you make Kenny Galladay offers, maybe not this week because he's doubtful. Uh, you know, he had that hard, hard landing last week. He hurt his hip. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long-term injury, and i got to imagine that, that there are teams that, um, if you're not contending, that Kenny Galladay can help help out because he's a wide receiver, one, when healthy. Um, but he's just getting old a lot, awfully fast relative to 
uh, when he was drafted. We, we talked, you know, we obviously, you and I didn't have a podcast then, but, you know, that was something that was pretty widely talked about is Ken, Kenny Galladay came in as an older prospect. Um, and I think if you have the opportunity to get out, now's the time to do it. Um, I guess in terms of price, I think you could get like a first and a second in terms of just draft picks, but I think I'm just looking to more reset the clock. I mean, Kenny Galladay for Brandon Ayuk and a small piece. I mean, I might literally consider doing that um, if if I'm not contending this season. I love Kenny Galladay, but I'm growing very infatuated with Ayuk, so I, I think I would do that deal if I'm the Galladay guy. Um, Ayuk in a piece would probably get that done for me. So um, as much as I, I hate to agree with you, I, I guess I do. Right on. Well, then give us your two. This is another one that kind of pains me a little bit because I like both these guys a lot uh, individually, but the tandem's kind of really not working that well for me right now. It's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, both out okay. of out of the Los Angeles Rams. I almost called them the St. Louis Rams, which would have been weird because that's been like three years now. But uh, <laughs> that being said, this is a team that had Brandon Cooks last year, uh, and their offense, even though I don't like Cooks, is kind of missing that vertical element. And I think their offense long-term – they're going to need something else there. So it's even going to kind of further muddy the waters for these two. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are the type of players to me that while I like them both a lot individually, their production is going to yo-yo back and forth week to week. One of them is going to be kind of the alpha and one of them is going to kind of get left in the dust a little bit. There aren't going to be a lot of games where you see like last week where Woods gets two touchdowns, but cup has the 11 grabs for hundred yards. Those are going to be rarities. Um, and now I think it's a good time to sell on both of them coming off good weeks. Um, I think these are the type of players that leave you in the middle, the place we want to avoid. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are great bonus assets to have as like your first wide receiver off the bench. Yeah. But it's kind of a luxury that most people can't afford. So if you're three and five right now and you have one of these guys, they're not a cornerstone of your team. Get a first for him if you can you know whatever you know i probably wouldn't sell either of them for a second but i would you might need to trade a second with them to get a first kind of deal um those are the types of players where those trades don't always work out for you but you can hit a home run on that first and i don't think the ceiling's high enough for copper woods to help you rebuild in a meaningful way yeah and and speaking of another older prospect did you by chance write down the ages of, of the two of them what's the gap between woods and cup I don't think it's very far apart. I well, didn't write the ages down, but I will gladly look it up for you right yeah, now. Yeah, look it up while I start talking about my number one, and it, it, it pains me. Just just cut me off whenever you get to it, and we can, we can go, uh, go from there. Uh, my number one is James Robinson, um, and like I said, this one pains me a lot. He has absolutely uh, been a monster this year. He's currently the RB5, um, but everything in my gut tells me um, that – Almost regardless of if you're contending or not, I would be looking to sell. Um, just in terms of what I'm looking to get back would be would be different. Um, it feels like we're taking much more of a um, non-contending sort of strategy here. In that case, I definitely want somebody uh, who's more insulated in terms of draft capital and, and so on and so forth. Um, I think you're probably looking to get out here for a first and you know, maybe a guy like A.J. Dillon would be an interesting offer to me right now. Um, you might be able to um, I'd very, I, you know, especially if you're a contender and you're looking to sell Robinson, um, I'd go to the Ruggs, Higgins, and Ayuk owners and make that offer. Um, the schedule gets brutal down the stretch for uh, uh, James Robinson. Uh, Tennessee, Baltimore, Chicago, and Indy in the weeks that you care about. Um you know, guys like this that that rise from, you know, out of nowhere, um, you know, I, I feel like Thomas Rawls was, a, you know, kind of a similar case to this a few years ago in Seattle. Um, when they don't have pedigree, when they're not making any money, um, it doesn't mean that they're bad that or, or that their talent or that their ability is tied to that number in any way. What it does mean is that one knee injury and James Robinson can be shipped out and replaced almost immediately um and so i'm just looking to get away from that situation especially if he's not kind of that final piece that puts me over the top this year when i love those kind of quick 
profits where you know you won the transaction. Yeah. When you when you got James Robinson almost assuredly for nothing, if you can flip him for a one, it's almost like just it makes you feel good. You're like, yeah, I really outmanaged the hell out of this thing. Even Perfect if he ends list. up being a really good player, that's just a really great return on investment and hard to argue with. Devontae Adams just made an, an incredible catch, I believe. I think he sure elbows did. in. You'll all know by tomorrow, but I'm nearly certain that elbow is in. That was amazing. Um, give us your number one. By the way, did you get the ages on, on Cup and Woods? What is it? Yeah, um, Woods is 28, Cup's 27. That is wild to think that Cup's only a year younger than Robert Woods. They must be separated by what, like four draft classes? It, uh, it's it got to be something like that because Woods had a full four years in Buffalo. In Buffalo. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Now he's uh, on his second contract with the Rams already. So, yeah, it, it must have been a pretty big separation in draft class because Cup, I don't remember much more than like two years or something, two, three years. Uh, this is year four for Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but either way, he was an old prospect. That's yeah. interesting that you for you to you know bring that up because yeah, I I, I would have s- thought the gap was a lot bigger than that, and I think that's interesting to note that that Cup and Woods. I think there's you know maybe a value chasm or an idea that that one's young and one's old, and that is not the case. They are both getting up there awfully quick. And we've talked about Jared Goff not being super successful. Uh, Number one, give us your number one. Yeah, and one real quick point before we move on on Cup and Woods is if I were to rank them, I think I would have them like, you know, next to each other in my list. I think that's pretty reasonable to say. My number one is kind of more of a broad uh, meta take. It's the old quarterbacks. If you're not a contender and you have Brady, you have Breeze, Big Ben, Rivers, Matt Ryan, etc. There's probably a few names I didn't even write down here that qualify. I'm selling these guys, especially in Superflex. Sell them to the the three contenders. Um, they may need a second quarterback to put their team over the edge, and you'll get something, you know, a, a first round pick, or you know, maybe their young quarterback prospect like a Jalen Hurts in a second or something. Um, I'm selling these guys, especially in Superflex. It's not going to be quite as easy in one quarterback leagues. Uh, Brady might get you something. Big Ben might get you something. But in one quarterback leagues, it's not going to be as big of a return as you would think. So um, super. this is more of a Superflex thing. but And it's also kind of leading me towards a point on Superflex in general. Year after year, I think it's becoming more and more necessary, especially for Dynasty, or at least more of my preferred format. I think quarterback, I know super flag makes it the most important, but that's football quarterbacks, the most yeah. important position. So I'm fine with that. And I, I think quarterbacks just way too undervalued in one quarterback league, especially in dynasty to tell me that I can't get anything for, for Tom Brady right now in a dynasty league. I know he's 43, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league in fantasy this year. I should be able to get something, you know, like it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, no, and I, I think you raise a great point. Um, one thing I'll say is, is you know, it, it's all league-specific, right? Um, sure. I think you're absolutely right about Superflex almost becoming a necessity in a lot of instances because of how deflated the value is at quarterback. Um, but I'd like to point out that, like, in our contract league, for example, because they're on a contract, because you can't stream them and move them, you know, intravenously between the wire and your, your roster – it feels like there is actual value for quarterback. You have to roster a couple extra ones to insulate yourself. Um, you know, one thing I want to make, you know, uh, a point of we're never going to tell you that your your league settings are silly or that you should be playing, you know, PPR or standard. Whatever is fun for you um, is is great. But anything that we can be doing to sort of up the value of quarterbacks a little bit, um, I think is important because, like you said, it's the most important position um, when when we're watching on our TVs like we are right now, um, and I'd like to make it a little bit more valuable in, in Dynasty. So I think that's a great point. Um, but just, you know, remember that it's, you know, league specific. So, Oh, for sure. And that's why I try to reference um, the qualifiers whenever I need to. You're not going to get anything for Phillip Rivers in a one-quarterback league, but in exactly. Superflex, you can get something for him, even though he's trash. It's a quarterback in a Superflex <laughs> league. If you look at the waivers in my all my Superflex leagues, even like the top 10 backup quarterbacks are rostered. So quarterbacks matter, even the bad ones. You can get something for him. Yep, absolutely. 
All right. Well, did you have anything else before we uh, we get out of here? Uh, you know, kind of what we got upcoming on the show next week is uh, we'll do our recap pod. Well, That'll we be... got to do our game draft still. No, we did our game draft. We did our oh, game did draft. Yeah, well, we did our game my... draft. I have amnesia. Yeah, you got uh, the Tua matchup again, <laughs> and then you got Kansas City, Carolina. Oh, okay. yep. Well, I thought so, I no. dreamt that. Nope. <laughs> nope, we got everything done. Um, I'm at Dynasty Oasis on Twitter. You're at Nasty Newts on Twitter. Please give us a follow. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, give us a five-star rating and review. It's kind of the way people find us, and, and you can help us out a lot. So um, we're grateful for anybody who does that, and we're grateful for anybody who listens. <laughs> Uh, whose birthday is it today? Who are we wishing a happy birthday to? Well, he needs he needs all the cheering up he can get. It's Odell Beckham Jr.'s birthday today. Um, I literally just Googled birthdays right now, and I wasn't prepared for this, unfortunately. But <laughs> hopefully someone can send him a, a number two pencil or something. Absolutely. Well, happy birthday, Odell Beckham Jr. Get your ACL right. Um, gal, he's so much fun to watch when he's, when he's on and when he's good. Um, I just really, I hope he, I hope he can have one more, you know, really big year. Uh, I think it'd be good for the league. It'd be good for fantasy. Um, and while his antics bother me at times, um, ultimately I root for the players. So happy birthday, Odell. For sure. All right. right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your week, the weekend, uh, should be some fun games this week. So let's, uh, let's have a lot of success and hopefully everyone listening is a buyer, not a seller. Absolutely. We'll see you on Tuesday. So long.